Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. You know, it's not an easy thing in an NBA season to bring that kind of energy and effort every night, but Alex Caruso does it. All right, the Lakers win three straight. And they're up 3-1 in this series. Alex Caruso with the final dagger. Lakers dominated the Rockets much of the game. Houston made a late run, but Alex Caruso with a three-pointer when it had gotten down to five. Pushed it back up to eight. Lakers win by 10, 110-100. They take a three games to one lead. PK, I know there were multiple games going on at the same time, but uh, I was focused on the Laker game when I saw Houston was making a run. I missed a big chunk of it when it was a 15-point game. I wasn't that worried about it. But uh, I was surprised LeBron didn't take the shot. But LeBron, always passing, always making the basketball play. Well, I tell you, if the Lakers bench plays like this, they're going to be tough to beat, and it's going to have me causing to rethink my prediction of the Clippers because the last two games – the Laker bench has been outstanding. They made vital contributions, and that just takes the pressure off the two big stars so they don't have to be at the top of their game every single possession. And if those guys continue to play, the Lakers, uh, I like their chances. And looking forward to what is anticipated to be a one-versus-two seed in that Western Conference Final, and that's obviously the Clippers and the Lakers. I always thought it was going to be Lakers-Clippers, and when you dove in and went all in on the Clippers, and you could still be right. I don't, you know, I don't think you need to back down that far from it. Uh, but the Clipper bench wasn't as good. They got Rondo back, and I think that— Laker bench. Excuse me, yeah, the Laker bench. Getting Rondo back and having him uh, be efficient, I think that has helped. But, you know, as far as Kuzma and Caruso and whoever else you want to throw in there, you know, getting something out of those guys makes a huge difference. And I just think the one thing you did when you went all in on the Clips is like, what about LeBron? I mean, that guy just isn't beaten until he's done. Until you got him four times, it's just not over. Now, Kawhi's got a couple titles, so he could do it. I just, I'm really looking forward to that series. I didn't want to pick it way out there. Um, you did, and, and you still may be right. The Clippers may do this because they, you know, the, the depth of the Lakers uh, is debatable. The depth of the Clippers is not. Their depth is good. And maybe the Lakers will just line up and beat them, and LeBron will be 35, 15, and 10 because he's just a freak. <laughs> he's just a freak. At the same time, Kawhi may pull it off. I really think those two guys are the difference between teams one and two and teams three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, at the same time, LeBron, LeBron has been beaten plenty of times, though, uh, in the season. He can be beaten. Yes, Absolutely. And that's why your pick could still end up, you know, it could still end up being the Clips. But it does look now with both teams at 3-1, like that's what it's going to be, the Battle of L.A. in the Western Conference Final. Uh, You know, he can spend all season, well, this could happen and that could happen, but at the end it doesn't look like any of that stuff happening. when I lived in Los Angeles, I mean, around the community, I was known as Clipper Patrick. That's because you're one of those uh, contrarians who wanted to mess with Laker fans. Magic's not really that good. As you once said, that took all of your powers. I preceded Clipper Daryl. <laughs> Clipper Daryl. 
Clipper Patrick will watch the Clippers up 3-1 tonight. Try to close the Nuggets out in Game 5. And actually, the game will be at 4.30 on TNT. Celtics-Raptors Game 7 is at 7 o'clock on TNT. Who you got in that one? Got Which any one? feel for that? Celtics-Raptors. I assume you got the Clippers to close out the Nuggets. Oh, no. Nuggets got them right where they want them, man. <laughs> Down 3-1 again. <laughs> we did it last time. We can do it again. This is going to be different. I picked Boston in the beginning. Uh, I want Toronto. I think it would be fun, fun story to see them in the final. But uh, I picked Boston, so I'll stay with that. How many people would like to see Toronto and the Clippers in the final? Kawhi's old team versus Kawhi's new team. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I suppose a lot of people want Lakers, Celtics, or something, uh, including the league, right? DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs win the last game of the first century of the National Football League, winning Super Bowl 54. They win the first game of the second century of the National Football League with this opening victory, 34-20 to over the Houston Texans. Well, I suppose that's true. I hadn't really thought about it. I was thinking more about, man, Kansas City looked unbeatable, rolling off 31 points in a row in the middle of that game with the Texans. They looked awesome, PK. I, I don't know if they looked awesome to me. I mean, they looked very good. They looked like, okay, this is the first game, I and mean, there's months to go. There's no for, no sense in peaking uh, anything close to where we are now. I, I thought they looked efficient and basically did what they had to do. I'm thinking, I'm not in a locker room by any stretch, but I'm thinking they think they could play a lot better. Well, it's game one. I suppose you ought to feel like you're going to play a lot better, and maybe I'm grading awesome on a curve, but no preseason games, and how sharp are they going to be? And uh, did they draft the right running back, or did they draft the right running back? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 25 carries, 138 yards, one touchdown. That was awesome. Yeah, watching that young fella play, I'm thinking, son, you better grab as much money as you can. You're a physical guy. I I don't know how many hits that body could take. (laughs) Always good advice for a running back. (laughs) Yeah, so now's your time. Cash in on it as much as you can. And, yeah, they're they're a fun team to watch because they've got so many offensive weapons. And their defense played very well for most of the game, too. He had a great run. He put his left foot in the ground and bounced back to the right. Oh, my gosh. What a cut. But you're right. He's a running back. How long can he do it for? How many hits can he take before that's not who he is anymore? Well, the the off-the-field news, the Dolphins say they're going to stay in the locker room. They are fed up with fluff and empty gestures. They will not be out for... An anthem, any anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, Lift Every Voice and Sing, referred to as the Black Anthem. Several players in the video said, this attempt to unify only creates more divide. We will skip this song as dance and as a team, we'll stay inside. I think it would be fun if they came out and actually danced. That's always a good time. But yeah, if that's what they want to do. Yeah, I watched the stuff, uh, the pregame. As I was saying yesterday, when it's happening so much, you sort of look through it. I mean, I didn't see anything that was that outrageous to where, oh my gosh, I got to turn off this TV. Nor did I see anything like, hey, we got a problem, and it was just solved. Crowd in Kansas City booing during the uh, 
Some of them. The moment of unity. Some of them, right. It, it was hard to judge. That was a really loud crowd. That was, I mean, it was 20% full. They had 15,000 yeah. people in there or whatever. But I, I think those people can make enough noise. I can recall being up at the, uh, uh, the, the Santa Clara when the Utes played Indiana. That wasn't a big crowd. But at the end there, Phillips made that field goal to win it. It seemed like it was a big crowd. There was a lot of noise being made. Uh, but it, the, the, the moment of unity, that reminded me what the NBA has done for I don't know how many years now. You know, they all line up, interlock along the free throw line across the whole way, and didn't have a problem with it. I, I, well, I would never boo anyway. I've never booed, so I can't imagine that I would be booing. But that's what you wanted to do. It's like it was it, it, the booing in that situation reminded me of someone who's a hothead, a noted hothead, and gets a technical foul. Well, why'd you give it on me? Well, the referee anticipates this is what you're going to do in a sense, you know, because you've been a hothead for a number of years, whether it's Westbrook now or Rasheed Wallace or Artest, whoever it might be. So I, I sort of got the feeling that the crowd was, yeah, well, they're going to do something and we're going to not going to approve gonna, of it. Whatever we're going to boo. I mean, they all could have stood there and held up the peace sign. You know what I mean? And they, we're going to do something, so we got to boo. So, yeah. Basically, it was what it was. Not it is what it is. It was what it was. Now that it's in the rearview mirror. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Miami opened the 2020 season with a win over UAB, 31-14. That was probably pretty predictable. The big news, and it's a question of our day on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. Ohio State coach Ryan Day issued a statement hinting at a mid-October return, questioning the communication from the Big Ten. While I understand the Big Ten Conference's decision to postpone the football season because of health and safety considerations, the communication of information from the Big Ten following the decision has been disappointing and often unclear. He also went on in a statement that ended with, our players want to know, why can't they play? So question up on the Facebook page, what's your answer? We will get to that coming up. DJ and, well, PK, you want to throw something out now or you want to save it for later? If I'm a youngster and I'm seeing these teams play from the high school to the pros. I want to play too. Yeah, so it's an obvious question. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Well, it's not 29-9, PK, but... The Cardinals beat the Tigers 12-2. to That's a pile of runs. Uh, yeah, they had a bunch of home runs, didn't they? They had like six or seven home runs, something like that. 29-9 just doesn't come around every day. Uh, another 10-run blowout. Kansas City Royals hammer Cleveland, which makes no sense. The Royals are a bad team and the Indians are a good team. But, hey, it's baseball. Every once in a while, something crazy happens. A rare loss for the Dodgers. Your Diamondbacks got them 5-2. What happened? Break them up, huh? Exactly. See the uh, feature on the Dodger announcer, Charlie Steiner, USA Today had? Sent a reporter to his house (laughs) and took photos of the setup and watched him call a game from home. He's got TVs all over the place. All kinds of feeds. I'll find that story and tweet out a link to it. Pretty crazy how his... His living room has become a studio. The wall of monitors all over the place. 
Padres beat the Giants 6-1. to one. A little scare there as uh, their starter left early. I just assumed when uh, Paddock went out, uh, uh-oh, arm injury, but he sprained an ankle. How do you see someone roll an ankle? I don't know that they even saw it. I mean, when he left, that wasn't any of the speculation. Kind of a weird deal there. Oh, you can see it happening. Uh, the Dodger starter, May, the kid with the big, long red hair, got hit in the foot. So, I mean, things happen. Padres three and a half games behind the Dodgers uh, in the West, and it's a pretty popular number. Phillies are three behind the Braves, and the Cardinals are three behind the Cubs. Do you care about pennant races, though, any of these division races with eight teams going to the playoffs? Well, I think you got to get in. So it, the pennant race has taken on a new meaning. It's extended beyond first place, which has been in some cases now for several years with the wild card. So the pennant race as we know it, doesn't exist as when we were children but in this case you know how many teams get in and the whole goal is to get in now I don't think you want to barely sneak in and that's the thing when you look at it and you could project over 162 and the way it stands is I'm guessing that the Padres and Dodgers would still be in if we played 162 That does they're, they're seem just that good. Yeah, that does seem like how it's going if you project these out. And of course, you know, and sometimes teams get ravaged by injuries, and so there's all those question marks out there. But. Oh yeah, well, sometimes they don't. And 60 games in this sport is enough to tell you who's good and who isn't. Yes, it would be interesting, and you and I won't do it, but somebody would go back and take a look at. Uh, after 60 games, what percentage of the teams? Because this isn't in the 4th of July, but that's more than 60 games. You always see whoever's you know, in the division lead, in the playoff spots, at the 4th of July is usually the team that gets it. Uh, yeah, you can get to Memorial Day then, extend it out a little bit more. Two months, basically. The Astros currently have the last playoff berth in the American League, and... Uh, 21st in home runs, not knowing what's coming. Seems to be making a difference, PK. Uh, well, I think knowing knowing what's coming has made the difference. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, uh, Mike Trout, your guy. Home run number 16, tops in the majors. There's a lot of guys sitting on 14 and 15. Well, the reality with him is he really is Trout standing. Trout standing? Yeah. You selling T-shirts with that on it? I'm not the entrepreneur that you are. I mean, having you know, grew up in this culture, you know about entrepreneurism. It's all new to me. I grew up in San Diego. You know that, right? And I've been to San Diego, and the culture is almost identical. <laughs> okay. Uh, Giants released Pablo Sandoval. Panda said on Instagram, my heart will forever be in San Francisco. It should be. That's where he had his greatest moments. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL in the Rapids playing uh, Saturday night, 7.30, Rio Tinto Stadium. RSL's already beaten him twice. Rapids struggling a little bit. Need to get three more points. Need, need another win. It's uh, really compact. They're three points out of first place. Five points out of last place. So can't be uh, can't be messing up Colorado at home. Got to get the three. They've already beaten them twice. Take nine points off uh, the three games, that'd be a good thing. 
The off the field. Good luck to you guys, man. Thank you. The uh, the off the field news. Sports Business Journal says the uh, bidding's going to start at five hundred million for our for uh, RSL and the Utah Soccer Holdings, which is the stadium and the academy and the two other teams. Okay, is it an all or nothing situation? I think it is. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, you get it all. Now, well, to say all or nothing on the three teams, the stadium and the academy. Yes, all of that is in. I do have question marks. I don't know if the radio stations are in. I don't know if the TV production company is in. I expect the TV production company is in. But, you know, some of these other things, I I don't know for sure on that. But on the three teams and on the stadium and the academy, I would be really surprised to see those split up. That would would really surprise me. The $500 the other stuff... That you just mentioned that you had your doubts. I mean, that's basically peanuts on the dollar. Uh, that is, yeah, that's a rounding error when you're talking about a $500 million deal. The thing that's driving it is there's an expansion team that's going to Charlotte. It hasn't started playing yet, but they paid $325 million from it. And the previous rounds of expansion had been $200 and $250 million. So you got three twenty-five there, and Chicago just sold and was valued at $400 million in the sale. It didn't go for that because the guy who owned it already owned part of it. So he didn't have to pay $400 because he obviously had part of it already. But that was the valuation of the franchise. Chicago doesn't – there isn't a stadium in that deal. They play in Soldier Field now. And there isn't this big academy uh, property and, and building and stadium and practice fields and all that at high school. Uh, so I think that's why people are looking at the $500 million number. Now, it always comes down to do you have leverage, do you have multiple bidders? And Dunny thinks there's some international interest – and he doesn't think they've seen the books yet. And I don't know who it is. Um, he's not telling me that. But he said there's some international interest. They haven't seen the books yet, so who knows how really serious it is. But we have seen international clubs uh, want to get an academy in North America because North America is producing a lot of uh, players and seems like the next place that you, you know, maybe you could get an edge. And if you're one of the richer clubs, you're always looking for an edge. And we know about the local bidders. So if you get multiple bidders, then they'll probably get a pretty good number. $500 million being a pretty good number. Yeah. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right. Coming up, David Locke going to join us. Talk NBA playoffs. Where do the Jazz go from here? He's going to be here at 8 o'clock. We're talking BYU football with Brian Keel and Joe Ingles. Out of the bubble, back with the family, hanging out in Utah. He's going to join us at 9 o'clock. That's all coming up today right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I don't know whether BYU would have beat Utah or not. No one will ever know that. But all I know is that they're capable of playing extremely well. That's what we saw last night. A team that was darn near flawless. And if they can play like that every week, I think they would give every opponent, even their original schedule, a really good game. Absolutely, because uh, they're good up front on both sides of yeah. the ball. Can you imagine watching that offensive line that we saw play last night for BYU going up against an inexperienced yet, I'm sure, talented defensive line for Utah? It would have been a battle, oh, would have been It would have been awesome. And that defensive yeah, line for I, BYU I, try to stop Utah's run? Yeah, it would have been great. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Jazz, the Utes, and the Cougars. Three, two. This is 
is real. When it comes to covering the teams you're passionate about, nobody does it better. Yes! This is DJ and PK. Okay. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. Okay. This is 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It is time for... The question of the day brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical, always open during this challenging time. Call us at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. We'll light up your day, Master Electrical. Hot takes or toast? You know, some of these questions produce the hot takes. Some not so much. PK, hot takes, politics, yeah. all over this one. James. Politics. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Ohio State coach Ryan Day tweeted out a statement that ended with, our players want to know, why can't they play? What is your answer? Literally, James started with politics. Governors in the South are more lax about coronavirus than in the Midwest and along the West Coast. Tony says, because politics has stuck its nose in your business and it's an election year. Aaron's more general because people think they can make better decisions for your life than you can. And Jim says, because the well, Donald and his incompetence, along with all Republicans who coddle him, instead of standing up for the truth. <laughs> and then the Jim says, that's exactly what Jim said. That was the next post. And what is the truth? <laughs> so there's tons of political responses. There are others here that are, uh, that are not as political. Uh, some are. Uh, we, got a, we got a bunch of answers on this one. Our players well, want to know, they, why can't they play? So the first one said because the governors in the South are more lax. I mean, that's obviously a, lo- a loaded political statement right there. But so the governor of Ohio is lax in letting the Bengals and Browns play? <laughs> the governor of Ohio, I think, would let Ohio State play. I think the conference well, I have no decision. Idea who he is or she is. Uh, I've seen him, and I can't remember his name right now. He's been interviewed a lot. I don't um, want to remember his name. I don't care. <laughs> but they're one that voted yes, so I don't think that that's the governor who's keeping them from playing. Because it's okay, supposed to be so Ohio State. Wisconsin is letting the Packers play, but not the University of Wisconsin? Well, Wisconsin's a funny thing, and I don't know exactly how it works. I know this governor, right before he took office, got stripped of a lot of his powers. It was a big deal at the time. And so the legislature took a lot of powers well, away from I mean, the governor. I'm making a general statement. I'm yeah. not referring but to I think that, But I think that every— You don't need to get into specifics. Every vote does come down to specifics. But I think when you see 11-3 to 3 against, you think the Big Ten isn't all in on football in a way the SEC is. And four, 14 schools— Okay, but I don't a, think that's, that's the, that, that has little to do with it in the minds of a 21-year-old. He's wondering, wait a second here. My younger brother just played, yep. and the, my former teammate, who's now in the pros, is playing. I think that's what he's thinking. He's not thinking politics. He's not thinking the Big Ten's breaking down this way or that way. He's wondering, why can my little brother in high school play, and why can my former teammate in the pros play? That's what he's – and why somebody else that I went to high school with who signed with UAB – why is he allowed to play? That's what he's thinking. He's not thinking politics at all. So you can dump Trump and and get Biden in there and whoever else you want in there and 
that, that doesn't really make sense to the kid who all he knows is this is when the time of year when we play games and I look around all over the place and they're playing games, but we're not playing. Hector speaks for Yach, who is out today, out sick, and uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. Alex is sitting in for him. But Yach from the beginning thought that this had to do with the Players United uh, from the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Mountain West. There were players in three conferences, and they, you know, Players United, and this is what we want, and those three leagues are all shut down now. And the MAC yeah, is the one league that's shut down without. Hector says because of all the demands they wanted. Same goes to the Pac-12. The other conference players were silent, and they're playing. Oh, what the, They had no leverage. They're kids who get a scholarship to go play football. If that's not good enough for you, we'll get somebody else. I, I, I just don't think they had any leverage, didn't they? They tried to unionize before, and it didn't work. It sounds good. They thought they had leverage because the moment was there to have leverage. They don't really have And the any. moment got taken they're away. passing through, man. Now they're not playing. I mean, there's, there's just a handful of guys that you're going to go pay to go see. The reality is you're going to pay – to see the University of Utah play. And occasionally they get some guys that, wow, I really want to see him play. But otherwise, you're going because you're a Ute. And player XYZ chose to be a Ute. And if they didn't choose to be a Ute, somebody else would be a choose to see a Ute, be a Ute, and you'd go see them play. So I, I don't think that's it. Thomas says, you can play. Transfer one of the schools that didn't cower to power. Ooh, another poet. Biden, Biden, dumb Trump, coward to power. Yeah, but that's all. That's so much easier said than done in your your academic situation, and you're just going to pick up and go. And, and how much space do those schools really have? You've got to have money to do that. Yeah. And the timing's got to be awesome because they've got a lot of scholarship committed. Right, and and probably you were thinking that, no, they're going to come to their senses. And I actually believe that they will. I said yesterday I would be shocked if they weren't playing football in November. I stand by that. I'm doubling down on that. I'm tripling down on that. (laughs) Well, you got the Pac-12 commissioner. He seemed awfully excited about the testing. It's a game changer. Well, that would mean that you'd be playing games for a change. Well, yeah, he has to say that because they didn't have it before, so that's why we didn't. He has to save face. Not like, but we really jumped the gun on this. So now all of a sudden they've got this potential game changer. See, I said as soon as we had a game changer, we would be back, and now we got it. You get, you got to allow people an out. So you can't just box them into the corner where they they lose their dignity. So as far as uh, jumping the gun and all, yes, yes to that, absolutely. By the way, um, and then to the the jumping the gun thing. How much of this comes down to ego? Hey, this is the way it's going to go, so we're going to go first and we're going to lead? How much did that play into everybody's mind? Well, maybe with the Big Ten. I think yeah. the Pac-12 plays follow the leader. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't answer that. I did, I, do you want to lead in something that isn't going to be people recognizing you as a leader? Uh, so I'm not sure. I, I don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, you know, I think partly it comes down to one of the, on the on the list of reasons, and we're coming up with a list right here. And Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach, tweeting out: Our players want to know why can't they play? 
you know, part of the reason we have this, you know, this conference is playing and this conference isn't, this school, you know, in the same state, Iowa and Iowa State, Penn State and Pitt, Utah and BYU here, you know, we've got multiple states where schools are going different directions, you know, in the same state, same government, all that kind of stuff, you know, and it comes down to, you know, no centralized leadership. You're in a pandemic. None of these people have been, uh, no, nobody's really been through this before, except for a handful of people who travel internationally and, uh, you know, work in the health, but nobody in sports has been through this before. And uh, Olympus is playing Brighton in the uh, TV game tonight on KMYU. And so uh, Dave Fox always has this deal where, you know, they get bites with the coaches about what's going on. And the, uh, the bite with the Olympus coach last night was about, how scrambled the whole high school football scene is here. How, because everybody's answering to different districts, so it's different superintendents and different school boards. He was saying, he's like, our way, we couldn't go in our weight room at Olympus was his deal. But at least we can play home games because in Salt Lake School District, they haven't been playing home games because school hasn't been open. So I guess all the games have been on the road. And then he says, but then I talked to a guy down at Springville and they can go in their weight room. And so he says, everybody's got all these different rules. And I think we're seeing what's happening in the high schools and the college. You get people who are in a situation for the first time, and there's no structure at the top saying it's going to be like this. So everybody's trying to figure out what's right, and they're all over the map. And that's why some guys complain, some can't, because different people are making different decisions based on different information in college football doesn't have a commissioner. You know, the pros can say, we're doing it like this. But the colleges don't have that. Well, I mean, I don't know the, the high school situation, what, what's, in, it, what's involved there. My guess is that team isn't 4-0. Uh, I think Olympus is 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. I wonder if the 4-0 team, what, what would the 4-0 team say? Don't know. I haven't heard from the Brighton coach. They are 4-0, as yeah. you know. I didn't know that. but uh, Oh, really? I thought you did. I don't really pay attention to what high school is doing and records and all I that know, stuff. but there's people in the neighborhood who do, and they blurt out all sorts of sports no, stuff. No, I'm getting in an older neighborhood now. There's <laughs> not as many, huh? No, not no, not at all. No, used to be a big deal. That's, that's the thing about high school sports. It's only a big deal for a limited time, and then when – Two two years get passed and you couldn't care less. <laughs> so, it's it's a constant audience, but it's an ever changing audience. <laughs> so, so no, what was a big deal at the time, which is why winning state ships and all this stuff just doesn't really float my boat because five years later it's not going to matter a lick. <laughs> so, but you get all worked up in the moment. We all do. I was as guilty as anybody. Uh, do we really want a a a conference, a football commissioner, they'll ne- they'll never do it. So they won't do it. They'll I get- think BYU should get rid of the honor code. Let's go to that next. <laughs> <laughs> List of things we can talk about. <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, it's it, they they have the facade of the academia, and as long as they've got that, that they'll have to have the questions for the student athletes. When really, well, the two uh, they're all they're 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 not there to go to school. I mean, like, come on, man, they're there to play ball. Which Ohio That's State quarterback said that? Uh, Remember that quote? That was, Jones. That was a great quote. I didn't come here to play school. Yeah, Cardale Jones. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. 
Yeah. And we'll I didn't come here least. to play school. Hey, 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 we're the Big Ten. Hold it down over there. We know that's yeah. true, but shh. Yeah, so you have to have that, and you got the – you always got the radicals on the on the campus that you know, they just soon do away with sports because they're offended by it. And the reason why they're offended by it is because the football coaches are making 20 times as more. And if you paid those university professors, paid them as much, they probably wouldn't care less. But you're, they don't. And uh, so that we got to get rid of that. I mean, it's corruption. I mean, give me a break. I mean, come on. That's what people are excited about, and that's why they make all that money. You want to make that money, get into coaching, and, and you can. But you chose not to, so I think that's money driven too, and that's the statement you're making. Uh, but I don't see them forming any form of one unified leadership. And people who say that, and I don't have a problem with them saying it because it makes sense. But they've got to pretend that it's about the academics. I mean, we see it with these college kids in basketball, you know. I mean, they, they knew that uh, the situation with the draft was going to be pushed back potentially and whatnot, but yet they all still chose to come back. I mean, go out, I should say. They didn't, they didn't choose to come back. Why didn't they choose to come back? If they chose to come back, well, that just meant you weren't projected to be drafted. <laughs> so you came back. But if you're projected to be drafted, yeah, we'll, we'll wait three years rather than play college ball. The last guy I remember was projected to be drafted really high who came back was Tim Duncan, and he's retired now. That's been going on for a while. <laughs> Duncan could have uh, – didn't, didn't Majerus tell you something? Or maybe someone else did. That, oh, yeah, uh, he told me whatever year he wanted to come out, right. he would have been the number one pick. Exactly. And, yeah, he, played, he, and he played all four. But that doesn't happen anymore. Seniors aren't going number one. No, and, and Van Horn played uh, all four, and he was the second pick that year. And that was uh, the end of an era. Right. We're going back over 20 years now, yep. obviously. Yeah, we don't see that. So these kids knew full well that the draft wasn't going to be held in June, and they didn't know when it was going to be held, but it didn't matter. They wanted out, which meant that they had no interest being a college student. Not to say they couldn't be on the honor roll. That's not it at all. That's, it's not saying they're stupid by any stretch. But, no, that's not what they were interested in. They just did that because that was the process to make them go through. So it's, it was, never was about the academics about, for them. And if you're picked that high and you're going to make that kind of cash, I don't have any problem with that. If that's your occupation, a very few of you get to choose my occupation is going to be an NBA basketball player. Good on you if you can. But, I mean, that is needle in a haystack category, right? Territory. I, I combine those two. Category and territory. Uh I mean, you're, you're, you're just talking about a very few select every single year. But they've proven, given all the uncertainty of what's going on in the pros, and there was a degree of uncertainty in the colleges too, but still they still chose, nope, we're going to keep our names in the draft. So it's not about the academics. So we can point to, well, they don't have one unified whatever. But that doesn't resonate with the 20-year-old kid sitting in Columbus. It comes back to, why can't I play? Why can all these people play and I can't? Because your boss said so. Well, whoever your boss is, obviously Ryan Day, and I like the way Ryan Day did that, posed the question. Not the answer. And posed it from the athlete's st- point of view. Yeah. Yeah, that catches everybody off guard. Yeah. Who's looking at stuff from the athlete's point of view? Like when I coached baseball. Uh, I would always, rather than say something to the umpire, 
I'd say something to the batter or the base runner. Yeah, don't worry, Johnny. I get it. I understand why you thought that was a brutal call. And that always <laughs> throw the umpire would just throw, wait a second here. <laughs> I was not saying anything to him, but really I was. <laughs> I would talk to the player, and the player then look at me, nod his head, and the umpire really would know, well, wait a second, you're not, you're not addressing it to me, but I get my point across. So Ryan Day, speaking in the viewpoint of the player, gets his point across. It was a brilliant statement. So the coaches who expect to win make the brilliant statements, and the coaches who don't get really quiet. Well, they don't have leverage. Well, it's the same thing with politics. We can hear Kerr and Popovich just go ad nauseum, but somebody, uh, Alvin Gentry, I wasn't hearing him running his mouth about how the president sucks. So if you got leverage, use it, or else what's the point of having it? Is uh, Shiano back at uh, Rutgers now? Is he the guy at Rutgers who doesn't say anything while the Rutgers uh, president is uh, is going after Trump? He's not going to weigh in with Ryan Day. Uh, the, yeah, the new one? Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, Rut, the, yeah, the Rutgers coach? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to say anything? I mean, he was good. That was way back when. His first but, time I mean, through rel- there, but that was... Relatively speaking, from the Rutgers standpoint, I actually saw them playing a bowl game. That was the uh, best year they ever had. Yeah. Uh, and then he took off and has had a whirlwind career all over the place of highs and lows. So uh, we'll see about that. But, yeah, I get it. You need, to, you need to keep your mouth shut. Well, I think for the coaches in the bottom half of the league, it's like, well, I'm not going to have a bad year. The clock isn't ticking on me right here. You really think that's it? I do. I so they don't want to play? They're trying to keep their jobs. What's the advantage of going out and volunteering? When they were coming up with that plan – to, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll see which teams want to go, and we'll just have like a mini Big Ten. It was all the teams that were good were the ones who wanted to play. Indiana, Purdue, and Rutgers, and Maryland weren't beating the door down. Because nobody cares what but, they uh, think. How, do you, how but, do you know they didn't say something, but because they're Rutgers, Indiana, Purdue, they, they don't get the pub? I think they would have wanted to play. There was a list of schools that wanted to play, and I think the people who cover the big time full-time had taken the pulse of all 14. And the only one who wanted to play who hasn't been good was Nebraska. Iowa's been pretty good. Obviously, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. You know, everybody's wondering about Michigan State, and then they got quiet, and it all seemed to go away. Yeah, but you say they want to keep their job, which implies then that they're jobless if they don't keep their job. But that's not true. They just get a job someplace else. But they like the one they got as a head coach. Yeah, you can go somewhere else and be the coordinator or whatever. Or you can be yeah, out, if, depending on the coach. If I'm the athletic director and my coach doesn't want to play, I don't want him as my coach. <laughs> well, they didn't all line up to play. Maybe they're just listening to their president, but I just think, how hard I, I do mean, you I push? I mean, I have no idea who the I, Purdue coach is and what his feelings are in his heart. I have no clue. Everybody's got Twitter and can announce them, and, and Day is out there announcing on Twitter and – the guys who are going to go five and seven are. Everybody has. I mean, the reality is less than twenty percent of the people have Twitter. You have it if you want it. And coaches have it to recruit and communicate with the high school recruits. All right, DJ yeah, and PK. I, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, DJ and PK. No, I just think that. 
DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. David Locke's coming up at 8 o'clock. We can talk to Brian Keel about this at 8.30. Joe Ingles is going to be here at 9. Stay with us on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From that defensive line at BYU, Bracken Elbakery, kind enough to join us. What are your expectations for this year? I mean, you set the bar really high after game one. Is it 8-0? Oh, yeah. And hopefully more than eight, right? Well, hopefully yeah, we get right. even more yeah. games. We want to play a full season, and, and I know Tom's really working hard to get us a full season, so I think you can hope for more than eight. Is that kind of where your mindset is? Like maybe there's some extra games tagged onto the back of it? Or has it been left open-ended like that by administration? Yeah, I think, and I can't speak for them because obviously I'm, you'll have to ask them themselves, but the feeling that I get is that we're going to play more than eight games, hopefully, and, and get a full schedule by the end of this thing. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We got Joe Ingles coming up, 9 o'clock. Put a wrap on the jazz season with him. David Locke is going to be here at 8 o'clock. NBA season winding down for a lot of teams. It could end for the Nuggets tonight. The Clippers are up three games to one. The Jazz won game seven. You think it would have gone any differently with the Clippers? Or you think the Clippers would probably be up 3-1 in that series too? They're just that much better. You picked them to win the title, so you would have picked them to win the series, obviously. And so would have I. Yeah, I think that in the short term, you had a shot to get by without Bogdanovich. In the short term, obviously, would have been the first-round series. And going forward, the second-round series, obviously, you get a better team and all that stuff as they progress. And most of the time, you know, occasionally you might get lucky. I think the Jazz got lucky that one year when, who was it, uh, Denver, who they beat, Seattle, Seattle. Uh, yeah. and the Jazz took advantage of that and got to the conference final or something, whatever it was. So those things happen occasionally, but more often than not, the better team wins. So, no, I do not think they would have beaten the Clippers. Uh, I thought, though, you know, with Dennis Lindsay uh, talking and Justin Zanuck the other day, the question, I think it was basically it was posed a couple of times uh, that did you see enough to have some evidence, and I know that's one of the questions of the point of your question, I think it was. And, you know, they feel they feel like they have. And that's important because you've got to be able to make evaluations with certainly as much evidence as you can gather, and definitely you have to do that. It's a never-ending business here. You're, you're literally – you're never done – uh, you may get done, you know, sign somebody or complete a trade. But from the team aspect, you're never done. It's ongoing all the time. It's got to be a maddening business that way to know that you're never done because if you finish one thing, then you just move on to the next, and it's you, there's really no time to rest. I guess if you win the title, you can take a few days, and then you have to get right back in the draft even then. So they feel like they've got information. And I think Eric Walden, a guy I've known for many years, a very good journalist, asked right off the bat, uh, and you have to ask it in a manner that is somewhat sensitive. It's like he couldn't say, man, you signed these guys and you thought you were going to have a good bench, and it turns out these guys weren't that good and you didn't have a good bench. You can't really be that blunt. But that was the essence of the question. And how do they find depth? 
You need top-end talent and you need depth. It's awfully hard to do to acquire that stuff, but it's clear that's what they need. They need both in that regard. So the, I, I think uh, as far as, you know, did they see enough to know what they have? I think they saw enough to know what they don't have. You, you, they didn't get to play. At the start of the year, they didn't have Clarkson, right? He ends up playing 42 games. So he misses uh, basically the 10 games they didn't play, right? You're going to lose 10 games there just because they didn't play 82. And then he misses, you know, 25, 30, whatever it is at the start of the year. Maybe he had a few sprinkled through the year, although I think he's pretty healthy. Uh, so at the start of the year, you're not really seeing the team. Uh, Conley played, started 41 games, played 47. Obviously, 10 they didn't play, and then he missed that chunk of games kind of through, uh, you know, through December and into January. And then you've got Bogdanovich, who missed the, uh, who played 63 games. He was really reliable, didn't even play at the end. So you just really had a narrow window from when Conley gets back and starts playing well February 1st until everything shuts down in March in Oklahoma City. That's when you really had the team together. So I think there's still question marks. But when Dennis said it isn't an either or a question, some stuff, like you could have the whole team together, which they didn't have very much of, but what the Nuggets did to them and the way Jamal Murray scored, uh, they, they don't have an answer for. And so I think that's one thing that they figured out that they know for sure, right? And that's why Dennis said we have to go get, you know, they don't want to sacrifice any of the offensive spacing, but they have to find someone who's kind of in that uh, 6'6 to 6'9 range who can move and defend. Because if you don't have somebody like that, how do you shut down an elite perimeter scorer in the NBA? The Clippers have that, and that is one of, and they have multiple guys who can do that, and that is one of the reasons that they are going to be in the conference final. So there's some things they don't know. I think there's some things they don't know because they really didn't see the whole team together, but there's some things they do know. They do know to Eric Walden, the bench isn't good enough. It needs to be better. And they do know how do we find this elite defender. And i got to say, I'm curious how they find the elite defender because you don't want to sacrifice the offensive spacing, but you want someone in that 6'6 to 6'9 range. Well, it's like Locke says, and he'll say it for us here in a minute. Well, that's an all-star. <laughs> that's if you're if you're six six to six nine, you're that kind of defensive stopper, and you're that you're that gifted offensively. Uh, you're really good. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's obvious. But I don't think that they need that they they're looking out. We've got to have a guy who can do everything. I mean, sure, you want that. Yeah. But trying to get that is in a whole another ball game. Mm-hmm. So I think they know exactly what they need. Now they don't know. Who's going to be able to do it? You know, they've got a slew of younger guys. and They need one or two of those guys to emerge. So they may not really be sure who is going to emerge, but they, but they know they need to beef up the bench. They just, they just know that. And, then, and to your idea of the perimeter defender, yeah, they know that. Mm-hmm. So I think they know right. exactly what they need. I think they've got the, the players who play for them, the guys who are in the rotation, I think they're very, very confident in what they can deliver, even deliver together. I feel like they, they know what they have there. So they're not dealing from completely like a barren spot. You know, they do have a team that if they ran out the nucleus of the guys, say the season started tomorrow, uh, they can win 50 games. Yep. 
and potentially win a first-round series. Well, everybody wants more than that. Of course they want more than that, right? So they're dealing from a decent starting point. Well, they've got to get better, and they, I think they know what they need. Now, going about it and getting that player or players or having these younger dudes, whoever it might be, emerge to be viable rotation guys, whether it's anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes a ball game, maybe they're not sure who the individuals are, but the uh, idea of what they need, I think they have a firm grasp of. So the other thing that's left out here that they need, uh, you know, for all the good things Donovan Mitchell did, they need him to be even better. And, and he, he will be. Right, but how much better and how quickly? And if you could answer those two questions, you could answer a lot because when you get to the playoffs, it's just no accident that the Lakers and Clippers are both up 3-1 on the verge of going to the conference finals, and they have Kawhi and they have LeBron, two guys who have proven they can do it at the highest level, under the most pressure for the biggest prize. you know. Now, Steph Curry will be healthy next year, and so there's another guy who's got a, a track record. you know. And so until you can get to that point, you know, Jokic is a really good player. Donovan Mitchell is a really good player. Who else should we put it? Harden is a really good player. Luka Doncic is a really good player. But those guys, as much as – you're drawn to the screen and you want to see them and they're unbelievable. Can they do what these other two guys can do? Because you need that as well. Well, they'll need more help than those other guys need. Yeah, that's an excellent point too, is how much help do you get around you? I mean, we've seen LeBron on teams. He's gotten to the finals and there's been very little help around him. You know, this year is different. But, man, some of those Cleveland teams, it was LeBron and who? Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We got to take a break, but when we come back, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joins us to answer the question, where do the Jazz go from here? Joe Ingles is here at 9 o'clock, and in between, we're talking football with Brian Keel. Stay with us.